This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. When your personal investments need help to reach your retirement dreams and navigating the complex world of financial planning requires an experienced manager, that's when you know you're ready for prime time. Welcome to Prime Time Money on Zoomer Radio with Richard Infantino, Senior Wealth Advisor at RBC Dominion Securities. Hey, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Canada's only money show dedicated to those of you 50 plus and your overall investment, tax and estate planning, and your direct link to all of North America's top money managers with the best ideas on how you can grow your money. Do you have a RIF account or a LIF account and you're, or you're thinking about converting your RSP to one? Helps on the way here today. Uh, it's our part two of a two-part series where I'm talking about the six steps to RIF success. Last week, we had steps one, two, and three. And this week, we're going to have steps four, five, and six. Also, we have a very special guest uh, today, AGF um, Greg Valliere. He's the chief political strategist. He gives us, you know, like boots on the ground, Washington insider. That's going to give us an update on what's happening there with the midterm elections in the United States and the effects that it will have on the uh, on the market. So that's uh, an inside insider that's hard to get, and uh, we got him here on the show, and it's great to have him uh, on today. Um, now, if you have a riff or a lift, and you were born before 1951, you have to have one. But if you're born 1951, we had quite a few calls last week. Um, you have to convert this year, so you have to convert your RSP or your. If you have a Lira, you have to convert the Lira to a Lyft this year. Uh, and we have a couple of special uh, events happening. One of them is a, is a luncheon seminar that's coming up on Wednesday, November the 16th. It's at 12 noon to 2 p.m. And the topic, of course, is uh, the six steps to riff and lift success. But we also have a special guest speaker that's coming out with us, too. His name's Hans Albrecht, and he's a vice president and portfolio manager at Horizons ETFs. Now, he specializes in managing ETFs, exchange-traded funds. But his exchange-traded funds are all based on uh, getting excess and extra income for the different portfolios that he manages. So he's a perfect guest to have to talk about a RIF. Because remember with a RIF account, the most important thing they got to focus on is income. Because you have to draw income out of that account. So you want to produce income. You're not looking for extra growth. You're not looking for anything that's going to have something that's going to give you a straight high income with a quality investment behind it so they can produce that for you. Because you got to remember, you're going to have this RIF account for probably 25 or 30 years. So you want it to last, and that's your form of extra pension that you're going to have coming in. We're going to go through a lot of the topics at the uh, at the workshop, like how to consolidate all your RSPs into a single plan because it's to consolidate into one account that you can keep your eye on, how to generate income from your LIF and your RIF accounts, of course, and then Hans is going to give us some great ideas there too. What's the proper asset allocation on your portfolio? What's the best way to match up what you're going to draw compared to the investments that you're going to put in there. What are the tax reduction strategies? And then estate planning issues that you have to understand. And then that all comes around how you've um, complete the documentation to set up the RIF and the LIF accounts. So that's all enclosed in the um, the six steps. So all those things are going to go through in person. So if you'd like to come out uh, and um, it's a free seminar, lunch is included, of course, going to run for about two hours. You can call Dominique now or at the end of the show to register. It's one 866 891-2637. That's 1-866-891-2637. Or you can visit our website at Primetime Money, three words, primetimemoney.ca. And you can register there. All you do is uh, type your name in two words. says to register. Okay, stay right there. I have steps four, five, and six of the six steps to RIF success. And I have a RIF 
guidebook to give out, too. I'm Richard Infantino, and you're listening to Crime Family. Okay, we're back. You're listening to Richard Infantino on Primetime Money. You know, last week we covered uh, the first three steps in the six steps to riff success. And right now we're going to go over steps four, five, and six. Now, remember about these six steps. Like, we put these together over the last 25 years where we've uh, been managing riff accounts for clients, you know, across the country. And in terms of, you know, looking at all the different things that you got to consider here because it's it's the opposite of RRSPs, basically, because as you um, you know went through your your working career and you you invested, you, you continually added and you saved money. Now you're in a, uh, a situation where you have to you know take money out of the account. So you need to look at the account a little bit differently in terms of how you set it up. Plus, you have to look at how you're going to manage estate planning and tax planning a lot more than just putting money into an RSP and saving some tax that way. This is a different process and you have to consider all, th- all of these things. So you have to consider th- the three pillars that I always talk about. Investments, taxes, and estate planning. Those are the three big things when you're looking at a RIF account ex- and they all intertwined. That's the big thing is you got to look at, wow, this, this is going to be all intertwined here in terms of, you know, when I invest, I have to know those kinds of investments are set up so that, you know, taxes included in this and um, estate planning at the same time. Okay, let's go. So um, just a quick reminder, step number one was to consolidate your RSPs into a single plan. Number two was to decide on what type of RIF or lift that you want. And number three was to take care of the paperwork. So those of you who didn't listen, at the end of this session, I'm going to give you um, an opportunity where you can call in and get the uh, six steps to RIF success. But right now I have to go over uh, numbers four, five, and six for you. So uh, number four is to decide on the cash flow for your RIF. So You've set up the account, and now you got to look at the cash flow. So you have to look at, firstly, is you have to take out a minimum for this account. So if you're 71 this year, you have to take out 5. So that's the minimum that you have to take out. So you have this account, I have to take out 5.28%. Uh, but if you have ample uh, income from your OAS and your CPP, uh, your employer pension, your investments, then that's an easy answer. You just say, okay, I have to take that a minimum amount. That's what I'm going to take. But... Um, if the RIF account is a substantial portion of, you have to take more than the minimum to allow you to maintain your, uh, you know, your standard of, of life. So when you look at that, you have to consider, okay, how am I going to manage to get that extra income that's in there? Also, uh, if taxes are an issue, um, the other way you look at things is if taxes are an issue. So one side you're looking at, you know, this is a big portion of my income. I have to take more. On the other side, you, you, you have an opportunity to take less if you have a spouse that's younger than you. So say, for instance, again, let's go to the, back to that example. You're 71 years old. You have to take out 5.28%. But taxes are an issue. Once you take out this 5.28%, it may be four or $5,000 a month that you have to take out of your account. But if you have a spouse that's younger, you can elect actually to use the spouse's age to determine the minimum. Here's an example. At 71, you have to take 5.28%. But if you have a spouse that's 65, then you only have to take out 4%. That's a big difference. And... What it does is it gives you, number one, less income, income to the future, and it gives your, uh, your account an opportunity to last a lot longer because you could be making a lot more than 4% in that account and drawing out money while your RIF's growing at the same time. So um, number four was to decide on the cash flow from your RIF and how you're going to take it out of that, that particular account. Okay, number five is um, once you know the cash flow, you have to uh, look at asset allocation. So... If I'm taking out 5.28% compared to if I have the difference on how I should put together my asset allocation. Now, remember, asset allocation is in stocks, equities, 
Okay, that's going to be a variable number. We don't know what the market's doing, but we do know what the dividends are going to be. On the other side is going to be fixed income. So what's fixed? You could have uh, you know monthly pay bonds. You could have monthly pay GICs. You could have um, strip coupon bonds. There's all different types of bonds, but something that has a fixed return where there's some f- form of a guarantee attached to it from either a corporation or a government or within in the case of a GIC, you have uh, CDIC insurance. Now, remember, this this account has to outlast you for 25 or 30 years, so you have to put together... Uh, you know, a good foundation so that it's going to last you during that period. The um, and, and the key thing when you're considering the asset allocation is, again, RRIF is a RIF account. The I is the most important part, and that's the income. So you want to focus on investments that are going to pay you very regularly. So you can actually get monthly pay GICs. And right now we've been buying, uh, getting some for our clients where we're getting 5% on a monthly pay GIC. And if you're in a RIF and you're drawing out the money on a monthly basis, then this is a perfect uh, solution for you. You don't have to wait an entire year to get your, your interest on your GIC. Also with bonds, most bonds pay semi-annual payments. Um, there are some bonds that, that pay monthly. So that would be a good... Well, we found with our clients over the years and uh, talking to them, you know, you have OAS coming in, you'd have your company pension coming in potentially, you have CPP coming in, they come in monthly. We suggest to most of our clients that they get your RIF payment on a monthly basis. Now, some people, you know, time the RIF payment for, you know, if they had a certain um, club that they had a membership of and they want the the, uh, the RIF to come due to pay the club membership, some people want to go away at Christmas time or they want money for Christmas and they wait till Christmas to take out a lump sum. So your options are you can take it annually, you can take it semi-annually, you can take it monthly, you can take it quarterly. So And again, even when you choose that, um, as long as you round as well. So it's very flexible from that point of view. So you want to look at, in terms of your account, if, if you're going to draw monthly, Try to get income from investments that come in monthly. Now, individual stocks pay you dividends and they come in quarterly. But when you look at different stocks and having a, a diversified portfolio, most of those can be smoothed out and, uh, you know, paid out on a monthly basis. So um, that's the way you got to look at it. And when you look at the equity section for your asset allocation, again, you want dividend growers. Why do you want dividend growers? You want stocks that pay dividends and they grow their dividends. Why dividend growers? Because that's the portion of your RIF account that's going to keep pace with inflation. It's the only two things that you can raise raise uh, that raise your your interest or your return is real estate because you can raise the rent and companies that raise their dividends year in year out and that keeps pace with any inflation that we're uh, we're having and that you're going to have over the next 25 years that you have that account. So you want to have stocks that that do that and they take care of keeping pace with inflation and that way you're going to maintain your standard of living with your RIF account. Okay, finally number 6 Consider all tax reduction strategies. So in this uh, part, uh, the payments from your RIF account are taxed at your marginal rate. So you get a T4 RIF slip. Remember when you're working, you get a T4 slip, you get a T4 RIF slip. And um, if you draw out the minimum, you don't have to pay tax off of the account originally the first year. But once the the year goes through, um, CRA gets notice of it, and then they'll start to ask you for quarterly installments. Now, when you get... You can do it that way, or you could say to your provider, like us, you would say, okay, each monthly check, take off 10%, 15%, and send it to Revenue Canada. Just like your your work, when you were working, they remitted your, uh, your, your tax monthly, and then you did your tax return. This is the same way you can do that, and you would say, off of my monthly checks, please take 10 or 15% and send that directly to uh, Revenue Canada for me. So the key is to make sure the um, assets are, are set up to 
to do all of that for you. The other thing that you got to remember is inside of your RIF account, the assets grow tax-free. So when you're looking at tax management, remember that from GICs and bonds, you're getting interest. And interest is taxed at the highest rate. So if you have a, an account where you have uh, like a RIF where it grows tax-free, you want interest inside of the RIF account. So you want your interest inside of RIF accounts and tax-free savings accounts where there's that's the less amount of tax that you can pay is inside of those accounts. Uh, and then outside of your account, uh, in your open investment account, you want dividends and capital gains and uh, uh, tax deferral types of strategies in there because you get a dividend tax credit for dividends and you get uh, 50% when you're getting capital gains. So when you look at your overall asset allocation, you would say, okay, I have certain portions in fixed and certain portions in equity. You would overweight the equities in the open account and you would... Um, underweight them inside of the RIF and the LIF accounts and the tax-free savings accounts. And then you would put the interest into those accounts if you want to be in a balanced portfolio. But we'll give you more of that uh, if you want to come out to the seminar. So those are the six steps. If you'd like to get a copy of um, the six steps to RIF success, um, it's, 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 it's about five pages long and it's easy to read and understand. They put, all, put it all in point form. All you have to do, and it's free for asking, just give Dominic a call now at one 891 26 37. That's one 891 2637 And that's the six steps to RIF success. We also have um, produced for us, the, it's, it's the RBC RIF guide. So it also goes into some other areas in terms of uh, what you should think about when you're putting together your RIF uh, and uh, different types of strategies as well if you're a business owner. So it gets into all of that. The, the six steps that I go through are the basics that you have, you want to know exactly yourself. You don't have to talk to anybody else about it. You have to have a good understanding yourself of what you're doing with these accounts and these you want to have for the foundation. Then there's other parts where it gets a little bit more complicated and that would be inside of the, the RBC RIF uh, and then the guidebook. So again, one 891 2637 Or of course, the best thing to do is come on out to our, our RIF and LIF luncheon workshop that's coming up on uh, Wednesday, November the 16th. Uh, there's no cost to attend a course. It's going to run for about two hours. Uh, lunch is included. So from 12 noon to 2 p.m., um, we have Hans Albrecht coming out, who is an income specialist, and he manages um, ETFs. He's a portfolio manager that manages ETFs for Horizons, who are one of the biggest ETF providers in Canada. They have the, one of the biggest suites of different types of ETFs, so you, you want to listen to him, and he's a he's a top strategist there. And it's going to be at Oasis Banquet Center in Mississauga. So if you give Dominique a call, what she'll do is she'll send you um, all the details and directions, and... Um, you can go see it on the, the invitations on our website, primetimemoney.ca. You can see it there, or just give her a call and she'll send it out to you again. It's one 891 2637 Okay, stay right there because we have a special guest coming in today. His name's Greg Valier. He's a chief political strategist from AGF Funds, and he's going to be calling from uh, Washington. As you know, um, last week we had the... Um, the election, the midterm elections in the United States. And and what's been happening there is you have a combination of things brewing in terms of the Republicans and, and what they're looking at and the Democrats. And then the, the results of the election causes all kinds of turbulence in the market. So he's going to, he's right there in Washington and he, uh, you know, he follows this closely and he's going to give us his um, best ideas on, you know, the results from the midterm elections and what it means to the markets because what happens in the United States, of course, is going to spill over to what happens in Canada. And he's going to give us, you know, how he's, how he's seeing things and give us some ideas on how he thinks things are going to pan out uh, in 2024 when they have the election. So stay right there. We're going to be back with Greg. I'm Richard Infantino, and you're listening to Primetime Money.
Okay, we're back. You're listening to Richard Infantino on Primetime Money. And joining us now is Greg Valliere. He's the Chief U.S. Policy Strategist at AGF Investments. Hey, good morning, Greg. Thanks for taking the time to join us here today. I'm glad to be with you, Richard. Well, you know, perfect timing. Uh, you, the Chief U.S. Policy Strategist there at AGF, uh, you know, and the elections just are uh, concluding here. So what are the results? And, um, you know, basically the next part of the question would be is how is that going to shape government policy? Well, it was a really interesting election. It surprised all of the pundits, including me, to be candid. Uh, The Republicans did not do as well as most people expected. Uh, I think that the Democrats were fearing uh, a big pushback by the voters because of inflation and urban crime, things like that. But it didn't happen. And everyone, for about 48 hours, scratched their heads. And I think one of the conclusions is that uh, Donald Trump was an albatross, yeah. uh, a negative for the uh, for the Republicans. I think that was a big factor. As far as policy things, you're going to have basically a gridlocked Congress uh, with the, the Republicans holding the House by maybe four seats, five seats, with the Democrats still having a chance to take the Senate. But no matter how you slice it, it's going to be a gridlocked Congress, probably not doing a lot. And that's a good story for the mm-hmm. financial markets. The markets love gridlock. And I think any kind of uh, progressive, you know, ag- aggressive tax legislation or spending uh, w- would die when it got to the House. So for the markets, I think it's not a bad scenario. Yeah, when you when you look back over, uh, you know, presidential cycles and uh, that that session usually after that is, is good for the markets. Have, have you seen those records? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And it, it looks like uh, there's certainly a pattern of the markets doing well. I think because the uncertainty gets eliminated, uh, it has it has this happened now. So I think the fundamentals uh, for the markets in Washington. Now, when you look at the economic environment here, the geopolitics, inflation, Fed's path, the interest rates, like how do, how do you see things going there with this type of uh, government setup? Well, a, a key variable, obviously, is inflation. Okay. And a few days ago, we got we got a great inflation number showing maybe things are, are not only peaking, but maybe inflation starting to trend down a little bit. If, if One number does not make a trend. But if we get another couple of numbers like the one we got a few days ago, I think that would be a sign that maybe the Federal Reserve can be finished with its tightening by the middle of the winter. That's a very, very positive story for the markets. So was was the market anticipating a re- Republicans um, taking both the House and the Senate? And, and, and is it something that's going to disturb the market, or is it something that, because of the gridlock, is going to be positive? Yeah, I, I think the markets were expecting, as I was, the uh, House to gain some seats for the Republicans. The Republicans didn't do as well as they'd hoped, but they have enough seats to hold on to control by four, five, six votes, something like that. Uh, The markets were sort of mixed on the Senate. I think some people thought the Republicans would regain control of the Senate, and that's still up in the air, by the way, until Mm -hmm. a runoff in Georgia on uh, December 6th. Uh, But I I think the surprise was a lot of very high visibility races, like Dr. Oz in uh, Mm -hmm. Pennsylvania, uh, were races where most people thought the Republicans would do well, but they didn't. And a lot of these had been endorsed by Donald Trump. Uh, He winds up as maybe the biggest uh, loser 
in the election. I think the biggest winner is his rival, and, and that's uh, Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida. Right. Okay, Greg, just to uh, close off for the, um, this gets your ideas in terms of the presidential election cycle for 2024. Who are the front runners, do you, do you think, and uh, what are your predictions there? Well, it's going to be fascinating, Richard, and I think the, the main thing is, will Joe Biden seek a second term? If he won a second term, he would be leaving the White House at the age of 86. It's a stressful job, and I think a lot of Americans would worry that that's a bit much uh, for him to still be president at that advanced age. If he doesn't run, there's a dozen or so candidates headed by Kamala Harris, the vice president. Still too early to say who's on the short list, but I think a lot of people are focusing on Gavin Newsom, uh, the very charismatic uh, governor of of California. On the Republican side, I think it's a two-man race. It's DeSantis, uh, the governor of uh, Florida, and Donald Trump. Uh, It will be a ferocious battle between the two, probably not decided for many, many, many more months. The thing is, DeSantis is conservative, but he does it has his Trump. But DeSantis doesn't have a personality that's quite as uh, toxic as Donald Trump's personality. (laughs) And I think a lot of Republicans in my city in Washington are beginning to say it's time for a change. It's time for a new generation. Uh, DeSantis is 44. Trump is 76. Biden is 80. And I think that that will be a big trend in American politics over the next few years, getting younger candidates some fresh blood into the system. Yeah, that's uh, that sounds very interesting. It'll be, uh, you know, some real drama to watch, that's for sure. You know, Greg, mm-hmm. it's great to yeah. have you have you on and, uh, you know, bringing us up to speed because, you know, here in Canada, we kind of see things from the outside, and it's great that... We have somebody on the inside there giving us some ideas on how things are going there. Well, I enjoyed it. Nice to talk with you. Yeah, and you take care. Thanks. All right. Bye. Okay, that was Greg Valliere. He's a chief U.S. policy strategist at AGF Investments, and it was great to have him on the show. While we're all out of time again, you know, you got to stay the course here, folks. You know, one day you're looking at the market and it's tragic. The next day, you know, you're seeing that inflation is turning over like we, we said you can expect. Uh, if you'd like to get a second opinion on your portfolio, give me a call, and I'd be happy to uh, do that. one 891 2637 And don't forget to register for our workshop coming up on November 16th. And you can do it by visiting the website or calling Dominique again at one 891 2637 Next week, make sure you join us, because David Empey, who is uh, the author of Executor Help, How to Settle in the State, Pick an Executor, and Avoid Family Fights, is going to be joining us, and he has some books to give out. You guys have a great week, and we'll see you next time. I'm Richard Infantino. Know when you're listening to Primetime Money. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.